Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. It's time for our match preview. And unfortunately, it's not a preview that me or John are looking forward to because it is, of course, Newcastle versus Chelsea this Saturday. Traditional 3 o'clock kickoff. Yep. Given, John, that Chelsea hammered Norwich 7-0 last weekend, are you slightly fearful of a similar result this weekend? Not a similar result. I don't expect us to lose seven. I mean, Norwich are the worst side in the Premier League, and I'm pleased to be able to say that because it means we on. Uh, it's debatable whether we're second worst or not, but they, they are awful and they're going back from where they come, and they're just kamikaze pilots. I mean, to attack, 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 when you can't defend and get beat 7-0 tells you everything, doesn't it? They come up and they go straight back down and they come straight back up. Um, no, I'm fearful because it is Chelsea. And if you're truthful, the top three teams, Chelsea, Liverpool and Man City, all of whom we play before Christmas, are on a different planet to the bottom three, which is where we are currently residing. Uh, as to be mammoth and um, you know despite the fact we've gone what nine games without a win the only big 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 side we've played on paper is Manchester United who who have got slaughtered recently by some of the other top sides but I, I am fearful because it, it is Chelsea they are good and they are literally a team they're very solid at the back. They've got a fluid midfield and they've got vibrant forwards. So uh, it's going to be a test and a half, no question. They made it into the quarterfinals of the League Cup, playing a, a very much weakened side there. Yep. Beat Southampton on penalties after a 1 1 draw. And on the bench was the likes of Jorginho and some other Mount was on there as well. So these players who have had a bit of a rest coming into this game, they'll be f- ready and just ready to fire away at Newcastle, won't they? Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, they are a, a class side. I mean, they got... I, I know what I've just said about Norwich, but they got seven against Norwich, and they were without their two main strikers, Lukaku and Timo Werner. So, um, and yet looked wonderful up top. They moved the ball slickly, and they pulled defenders all over the, the shop. And when you consider we've let... 20 goals in in nine Premier League games, uh, you worry. We've never kept a clean sheet. You're not going to put get. Uh, you're not going to take many odds to say we're going to get our first clean sheet and our first win on Saturday. I mean, and three points is absolutely crucial for Newcastle, oh. isn't it? Considering where they are, but you just can't see how they're going to get it against Chelsea. All you can hope for is Graham Jones manages a miracle, really, because it's likely we think to be his final game as interim manager if Newcastle do finally make that appointment. Um, but wouldn't it be nice for the new manager to come in on the back of a win against Chelsea? It would. It would also be nice for a new manager to come in after Chelsea. You wouldn't want Chelsea to be your first game if you're a new manager with with the uh, personnel 
that you've got available to you. I mean, it is a two-horse race, so you therefore always think you've got a chance, and yet the odds are, are huge. What you've got to hope, and what I'm hoping, is that they do a Devon Lock, and for, um, for younger viewers, that was the horse that famously went all the way around the Grand National course twice, jumped all the fences brilliantly, and then the home straight just splattered onto all fours and was overtaken. You've got to hope that Chelsea do exactly the same on Saturday because uh, they've got far too man for man. We shouldn't compare them because all we'll do is frighten each other if we compare the sides man for man. But we've got to rely and we've got to have some hope and the hope is that um, the, for the first time in a home game there's no Bruce and no Ashley therefore the crowd haven't got um, a toxic feeling about them whatsoever you've got to hope that the, we get a lift you've got to hope Lady Luck's with us you've got to hope that Wilson and San Maximum blow hot together they didn't at Palace and Maximum was off at Palace Wilson scored a wonder goal and you've got to hope, is there going to be an own goal? Is there going to be a red card? Chelsea, I'm talking about. You've got to hope for a, for a break because all things being equal, you don't expect it to happen. But it's um, you've got to go with some sort of faith and you've got to go with an effort that you, you can't write this off. And certainly Graham Jones will not write it off because it's his last shot, if you like, probably, probably, as caretaker manager, and wouldn't he like the feather in his cap if, if being able to say that he did Chelsea? He got a draw in his first game, though it wasn't I delighted for that, but it took a wonder goal and a wonder goal from Wilson to um, to get us that point. And if we'd lost 3-0, the way we defended, we couldn't have complained. Benteke should have scored five. He scored the one he did, he hit the woodwork twice with two more headers. He scored a fourth header, which was choked off because a silly compatriot pulled one of our defenders' shirts. And then the simplest chance of the lot happened to fall to his feet and he didn't even hit the target because he's the head boy. He, sco he scored more goals, uh, headers, headed goals in the Premier League than anyone else, you know. And that's his record. He, he should have scored five. If Wilson... For us, it had five chances like that. He would have scored more than one, mind. Um, but that was the difference. Benteke played well against us, but he is the reason why Palace didn't win as well, because he scored so many chances. And then you look at Chelsea in their forward line, and you know, like oh. Lukaku and Werner. Now, we don't know whether they'll be back in time for Newcastle. No. We we hope they're not. They missed that game against Norwich. Well, they got seven without I them. I was going to say it worked <laughs> out pretty well without them. And you just look at Chelsea and you've just got threats from all over the place. Ben Chilwell just kind of stopped scoring. And he's a, he's a blooming left back. You've got Mason Mount, who just looks absolutely superb. Oh, quality if, player. Just all over the pitch, they've got top quality players. And it would be pointless to ask you, John, who you're most worried about because you could name nearly everyone in that side. Completely. Completely, yes. It, it's not a matter like it is in some games where you say, if we can keep a hold of this guy up front... Like it is with Newcastle where you say, if you can keep oh, St. Maximum quiet, if you can stop correct. Callum Wilson, then you've done your job, there, you? Then you've yeah. got the job done. And that's what they will be saying. 
they will be saying, just play your game because you're good enough and just keep a grip of these two guys in your home and host. Um, and, I mean, that brings us on to a question I'm asked an awful lot, Andrew, by punters and that whenever I see them and saying, well, because we don't win, we think, what changes can we make that'll make a huge difference? There isn't changes that will make a huge difference. There's plenty of changes we can make, but outside of the necessity of having Wilson and the Saint on the pitch, and in an ideal world, I would have Jabrovka, because I think he is better than uh, either Woodman or Darlow. Um, so I would have him if I could. But outside of that, it's much of a muchness. I mean, you, you look at who's there, Almiron, uh, Shelby, Joe Linton, Gale, Hendrick, Murphy. Would they turn the game and turn the tide? Not particularly from my <coughs> point of view, but though a lot of decisions have got to be made. And I think one of the main ones is that we've got to pray that Willick gets a bit more confidence about him uh, and, and a bit more swagger about him and becomes the threat that he was at the end of that last season, not the goal scorer. You can't expect a midfield kid to score seven games on the trot again. He hasn't quite got that smile on his face no, that he had all of last season. I know that. that's a lot. It's, it's, it's easy to say that when he was scoring all them goals last season. Sure. Of course, you're going to be ecstatic, and this season's not exactly rosy, is it? But he hasn't got that smile on no, his face. Hasn't. And, of course, he didn't start the last game, and there was a formation change as well, which was... I'm not going to say it was over the time, but it was refreshing to see Fraser on the side alongside St. Maximum Wilson up top. It was, also, it was refreshing and depressing because it was refreshing to see him start. But I tell you what, this guy has got to shut the door in the bathroom and look in the mirror and ask yourself a few serious questions before we'll go any further because this guy has talent. And there will, pe- there will be people that say, well, he's played out of position because he hasn't played by Newcastle, orthodox wide, which he, he played against Bournemouth. But forget that. With his ability, he's an international player, regular international player. His contribution, his number of touches on the ball down at Palace, he is a massive, massive minus to this side, uh, without a shadow of I think of we just need to see him get fit in a run of games. And I think once we see that... I think we will see the best of him because he is, like you say, a very talented player. But it's going to be interesting to see the lineup against Chelsea because I can't see him effectively playing with two number tens of you like with Fraser and and it's a maximum. I can't see behind. Fraser starting. After no, I think. Do you think Palace? he'll go? Now he changed to go three at the back, didn't he, with the two wing backs? Yeah. Against Palace, how do you see him lining up against Chelsea? Because when you have got so much talent to stop, and we've mentioned that you can't just pick one player; you can pick. Nearly the whole blooming squad. No, I was going to say... How uh, do you set up of your Newcastle? Well, I, first of all, I'd ask the authorities if I could play with 15 men <laughs> so that we can, we can have Just five... Just get the at, whole 52,000 in front of our goal. <laughs> we can have five at the back and have another five in midfield <laughs> to suffocate, mount, etc., etc. Um, st- I'm certain he'll stay with the five because he's not going to go for and suddenly open up spaces round Lascelles if Lascelles stays on the side because he'll be terrified. Lascelles will, if, if, if that happens, if people running off the back of him, etc., etc. Um, what would you do with the team? I think I would bring Almiron back in, uh, maybe well for Fraser, because 
simply because we are, if we only had 20-odd percent of the ball against Palace, who were only about four places above us, what are we going to have against Chelsea? And therefore, when we do get... You know, one of our real failings, Andrew, that upsets me, when I watched us at Palace, we only had 20% of the ball. But the minute we got it, and we got it rarely, we give it away. Straight away, we give it away. And that's criminal. Well, you know, that was... I mean, I only saw the highlights, but that's exactly the highlights of Newcastle's game, was constantly giving it away, giving away against Spurs. We're doing oh, the same. And Steve Bruce did say... Criminal. That who's he? Yeah, it's been a problem for a long time. Was was what he said after the game, and I remember writing pieces last season about it, saying, "Well, we've oh. got to stop this." But did you see an improvement against Palace, which gives you a little bit of hope going into this game, or was it just much of the same, really? And, no, and I, I mean, in fairness to Graham Jones, uh, he tried things. Uh, a few of the things helped. Uh, we have got hope because we're playing at home without Steve Bruce would, would be a red rag to a bull on the touchline to the fans so the fans are 100% behind it but you know with the squad we've got Pep Guardiola would have a job to, to manufacture a few wins with a defence as, as leaky as that etc etc because there isn't the personnel there I mean I would like the Volker back we never know. We've got no idea when these guys are supposed to be ready again. But he's um, picture and train, he's smiling, so hopefully not too. The, but what yeah. about the likes of... You You would want Dummett back because he's a defender. Yes. Yeah, I would want Dummett back. The way we are defending, somebody that loves defending for an hour and a half... Is what you need. Is what you need. And he, loved, he loves defending. He loves getting his knees dirty. Um so, you know, you could do it. What's happened with Dummett? We never get a mention. We never see him. He's a, well, has, has he lost one leg or something? Is he looking well, I, for d- I did see him after the Spurs game in the Melbourne entrance. And he, you know, he had both legs with him. So, I mean, that's a plus. Well, so far, but I wouldn't be playing for Newcastle. <laughs> but you, 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 yes, you could do with, uh, with Dummett. What but about Cher? Because our colleague Lee, Lee Ryder wrote a piece yesterday about how he would like to see Cher come back in. I'm, you know, I'm one of these people who I'm not an overly big fan of him. I think he's got talent. He can't half hit a ball. He can pass the ball, but he just loses his head sometimes, and the focus goes, and he's rash. Well, and I just th- think, yeah, yeah, you're right on all those things. I mean, there's there's nobody in the that we can pick in the the back three, the centre three at, at at the back, and there's six we could choose from if they all fit. There's nobody you'd want in a day. If you were in, if you were around seventh in the table, nobody at St James's Park currently would be in that back three or back five because they're not good enough. Cher is one of those players. He can look terrific because he'll step out from the back. He can use the ball well, and we've talked about keeping possession. He can do that. But you know what's wrong with him? And I watched him as well playing the Euros for Switzerland. He has a massive mistake in him every single game. And seven times out of ten, it results in a goal against his side. I watch him do the same with Switzerland. He has got a big wreck in him every game. And sometimes he loses his head or he comes out and he thinks he's going to do too much and he loses it and it's in the back. So there's problems. On the law of averages, you would give him a go because what's in isn't happening. Mm. But but don't expect miracles. It's, it's, it's not an easy game to come into if you're facing Chelsea, even without look, even if Lukaku doesn't play. And what about Jamal Lewis? Now, I think he offers something 
more defensively than Richie does. He's lacking a bit of confidence. And I think whether it's Graham Jones or the manager who comes in, in, in a, next week or the week after, he just needs an arm around him. Because I think there is a player there. I just think it hasn't clicked at the moment, but he's still young enough to... To, to progress into a player, well, but would I, you bring him back for Chelsea? First and foremost, I love you to bits because you, you hang your hat on these Newcastle news signings and we all do, like there's a player in Fraser and there's a player in Lewis. I would like to see that player emerge. There's supposed to be a player in Joe Linton. I would like to see them come out and show themselves that inner player that's supposed to be there. Yes, there's talent there and there's... An old manager used to say to me in the past, he used to say, Gibbo, you know, you become a better player when you're out for a long time because people remember your good points, not your bad points. And if the team's struggling, they think, bring him back. And Jamal Lewis has become a better player since he never got into side. It's staggering to think how backwards he's gone in the pecking order because he cost a lot of dough. He had a poor first season. He can't defend, or he couldn't defend then. For a full-back, he couldn't defend. He'll defend better than Richie. Anybody will, and he's supposed to be a left-back. Richie isn't supposed to be a left-back. He's supposed to be a winger that will put in there. Same with Murphy when he plays on the other side. Um, yes, I think Jamal Lewis needs a bit of help. He's a kid. There is talent there. He needs an arm on the shoulder. Um, he might decide that he'd be quite happy to wait till after the uh, Chelsea game to come in, you know, because if you haven't played for about 15 months or regularly, to come into the Chelsea game, you mightn't play for the next yeah, 15 months. You don't want to get absolutely slaughtered. But, but yes, um, it's been a surprise at how far back in the, in the ratings he's gone. Um, what happens? What happens with Gale? Uh, either under Jones or under a new manager? I mean, the other question for Saturday is John Joe Shelby. Yes. He was in the under-23s. He completed 90 minutes. I think yep. he set up at least one of the goals, maybe two. Graham Jones was watching him from the stands. He could come back in this Saturday after the debacle against Spurs when, yep. goodness me, I mean, I can't think of a quicker red card in a Newcastle United shirt. I mean, there will be one probably, and someone will know that right in. But to my mind, that... Mm. Certainly for two yellows as opposed yeah. to a straight red. Absolutely. Um, I mean... I hope he doesn't start. Um, a, because 90 minutes for the reserves isn't enough. He's not played all season apart, uh, started all season. Um, can you imagine his one pace ambling about midfield against Mason Mount and the rest of the Chelsea midfielders? It'll be like playing a man light. Um, I hope he doesn't start. Uh, he would also try to force the game. Uh, with his Hollywood passing. Um, I don't think we would benefit at all with, with Shelby starting. He will be on the bench if he doesn't start. Uh, I just think that midfield... If we play five at the back, we're going to be a man light in the midfield anyway against them. And if one of those guys that is in there happens to be Shelby then we could have trouble. Um, my big hope is because when you were, when I was at the Spurs game and you, you watched the full 90 minutes and you, you get to see more than you do on telly, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And they were so the midfield just looked so tired so early on. They couldn't keep up with Spurs' pace. And we've mentioned this on previous podcasts when we discussed the game. And Spurs aren't as good as Chelsea, man. Yeah, and the gaps between the, the midfield and defence, which was shocking, and it's believed that actually Newcastle have had a full week of training. It's like four or five days they're going to have in a row 
whereas that didn't quite happen under the last uh, head coach. So it'll be interesting to see. And I'm not expecting quick results because it's not going to happen Do you think you could put that defence right and that midfield right in five days? No, but I'm hoping they've got a bit more fitness. Yes, yes. I I take the point you're you're making there because the look is is off the pace. But what I also think, Andrew, and you're absolutely right about that, you can be tired mentally as well as physically. And the results we've been having, the lack of faith each individual deep down inside must have about the team, it's a mental thing as well as a physical thing. 100%. And I guess that goes back to what you were saying earlier in the show that now there's no Steve Bruce on the touchline. Mike Ashley's already gone and goodness knows where he is. It's going to be a positive atmosphere. Yeah. I know it was really positive to begin with against Spurs, but... Like you say, there's nothing there that really... Other, even if they concede one or two goals, I think people are expecting them to. Yes, there's I no one people to, are. There's no one to target because the majority of the fans are saying, you know, this is Graham Jones' chance. He's not going to be the long-term manager, but we'll back him. They, back, they always back the team. Uh, obviously, it was Bruce who kind of got the, the brunt of the criticism, but there's no one to target on Saturday. And I just think War Flags are going to get their surfer flag out. That was the flag that they uh, displayed against Liverpool. They're... Uh, main 19 with the, the, all the names on so that's going to be great to see I think it's going to be a great atmosphere and, and just fingers crossed now the players know that it's Graham Jones and then it's going to be whoever in a couple of weeks time you've got that kind of certainty you know that what the plan is I'd like to think the owners have dictated that to them or some sort of communication and there's a bit more certainty and there's a bit more optimism even though you are facing Chelsea and hopefully I've, everything I, clicks yeah I follow all that totally and that's what we've got to hang our cap on it's a shame that when this has come and this is the first home game with both the guys that the crowd wanted out actually out Ashley and Booth, um it's a shame that it's Chelsea it, and, and instead of the more winnable matches that we've already let go like confetti in the wind uh, it's a shame and the one thing that concerns me, if we took Bruce out the equation at the last home game, we were playing a side that's easier to beat Spurs than Chelsea are. We, we had a wonderful atmosphere with the war flags, the crowd, the new owners waving from there, and the goal inside two minutes. And yet, by the second half, all that wonderful vibrancy and all that expectation was gone we were I'd, I'd say even by the half an hour mark yeah i'm trying to be generous <laughs> by by the time we come to second half and then you turn on brucey or whatever this time you would if if you were going to start sighing about anybody it would be the players you think are making the mistakes yet again and that the play the type of player that would create that with the fans for me is a Shelby if he's if he's meandering about the midfield and the, they're going past him like express trains if Richie's playing in a five big heart that he has and it's massive etc but he's getting skinned like he's been getting skinned the crowd are going to get upset about that so pick a team that the crowd will be behind as well to give us half a chance but in a, in a way Chelsea's a free hit because, but can't afford to be a free hit. When you haven't won in nine, there's no free hits. And we are in, we've got problems of being getting um, marooned at the bottom and isolated at the bottom. All three teams at the bottom, and they've all haven't won. In that, it's the first time in 133 years of the league, you know, that, the, that we've had three teams 
in the top flight that haven't won a game after after nine matches. 133 years, and we are one of them. Now, all those three teams are home this weekend. New, Norwich are at home to Leeds, Newcastle are at home to Chelsea, and Burnley are at home to Brentford. So all three are at home. Now, is one of those going to get the first win at home? Brentford have never won away, never lost away, sorry. So we know what Chelsea means. And Leeds. you would think if Leeds are ever going to get that second win in the Premier League, it's going to be at Norwich because the dustbins might take them to extra time. But we don't want Leeds to win, you know, because Leeds are the, the nearest side to us. Because... It's no good worrying about the other two at the bottom. We've got to get out the bottom three, and Leeds is fourth bottom. Now, if they take three points at Norwich this weekend, and we lose at home to Chelsea, and probably they're the two results the boogies would expect, then the points difference is, what, six it's, it's between us and Leeds? And, and if you're one of these managers who've spoken to the club, and you're watching it on telly, or even if you're you know in the stands... And you, you see you, you see all of that. You see maybe them getting thumped 4-0 and you see the defence being opened up like a tin of tuna and then you see Leeds beating Norwich or even Norwich beating Leeds and hopping above Newcastle. Mm. All these elements. If you're a manager who is going to come in, you've been sold this long-term project, you'll be aware of Newcastle in the, in, in the trouble they are. Would that scare you? And it would scare big-name managers because if we get... I mean, let's... There was only six games or seven games to go, but Benitez couldn't save us, um, and he'd won the European Cup and um, everything else. He couldn't save us. It gets to a situation, but he had the option of walking away at the end of that season. Loved the crowd so much, he stayed, brought us straight back up in the rest's history. But of course, it was good. if you were Stephen Gerrard, for example, I'm just plucking a name out the air, and you're at Rangers, and you think, I know how passionate the Newcastle fans are, etc., etc. I'd all fancy that job, but you wouldn't fancy it in the Championship. And, and if this weekend we lose at home to Chelsea and Leeds beat Norwich, you might look at this and say, hey, can these stay up Never mind, yeah, you know, before I start building? That's the issue, isn't it? Because we can see the defences woefully inept and they do get cut open too easy. We can see plan A is give it to Alan St. Max from plan B. Well, there isn't really one. The midfielder off the pace. You can't change that to January. So you're right. If you're Stephen Gerrard, are you really going to come in and, and oh. leave Rangers where you're in a very comfortable position to, to take on this side? And I just want to ask you, John, and... I mean, again, there's this talk about interim manager, but don't think that's the route they're going to go down. But I can see the reasons behind people saying, well, why don't you get someone in like Roy Hodgson just till the end of the season to get them over the line and then you can start your full long-term project in the summer when you know Newcastle United are safe and you can say to whoever that long-term manager is, well, he has this Premier League status, here's the checkbook, who do we want? Let's go and start a build. Or, I mean, this season... We were down. When we lost at Wolves and Bruce and Ashley were still there, we were down. Uh, we would have gone down like light following uh, uh, darkness. Um, there's no question about that. That fear has only subsided a little for me because the same personnel we've got to go with until New Year's Day. And when you see the matches coming up, and I mentioned them last week, 
all the top teams I mentioned, the top three, we had to play the top three, Chelsea, uh, Man City, Liverpool, before Christmas. With the side we've got now, we've got to play Arsenal in in that time. We've got to play Leicester in that time. Um, it's frightening because I said you could bring Pep into St James's Park now and say organise this twenty players between now and January the first to have us out of the bottom three on New Year's Day, and that would be some task that would be so we have got a huge problem there's and we are now paying the cost of what Ashley Boost really did to this club because I was getting bored and embarrassed about banging the drum during the early games this season about not getting the points everybody said but there's only three games gone there's only five games gone but yes it was the teams we'd played and hadn't beaten and knowing that what was coming, what we're in now, that terrified me. Um, in terms of the result then, John, well, first of all, actually, well, the, the final question before the, the, we predict the result, is there a manager who you would like to see coming? I know I asked you in the last episode, but mm-hmm. has your opinion changed? I mean, let's talk about realistically. Let's not talk about who you would want out of everybody, but let's talk realistically. No, who because who, who we would want, yeah. we're not going to get. At this, for the very reasons you said, because this is a team that's going down unless you work a miracle, and you know a manager doesn't want to start I, needing a miracle. I mean, for example, would you, if Rafa Benitez decided, you know what, yeah, I've, I'm going to walk away from Everton, would you take him back at Newcastle? Would he be? That's a great question, and I've thought about it because of what's happening at Everton, if you, if if you like. Because all of a sudden, Rafa Benitez, having had a great start at Everton and beginning to win their fans over, will be the ex-Liverpool manager now, you know. After they were they... shocking against Watford. Oh, they weren't as good as shocking. Um, <laughs> I don't... I'm not a great believer in people coming back. I always think second time around is not as good as first. And certainly, long term you know, over the next couple of seasons, three seasons. And he, if he came back, he wouldn't just come back to see us stay up this yeah. season. He would come back on a three-year plan or whatever. And I think he was terrific for us. We hung our hat on him. We loved him. That was yesterday. That so, was yesterday. Uh, I, so the answer would probably be, reluctantly, no. In terms of the, the realistic names mentioned, Vanessa, how... Who else has been mentioned? You got Favre, the ex Dortmund boss, Stephen Gerrard. We've, we've briefly spoken about. Who who would you pick? Well, it's I mean you know looking between Fonseca and Favre, I mean we honestly don't know until he comes here and works whether he can do the job here and in the Premier League. We don't know. It's confetti in in the sky. I mean, I know that Superman would love to see Lampard here. Uh, I wouldn't be against Gerard being here. Um, I'm not certain that this job, this club, wouldn't be too big well, for Eddie Howe. That's the, the, they're the elements, just finally, that we, we need to speak about because you can bring someone in who has got limited or no Premier League experience. So you've got Lampard, Gerard, or you know Finesco or Favier. And then you can then you've got the element. Well, Newcastle are in a relegation scrap, so that's another element. experience that people haven't got. And then you've got the fact, as we spoke about in yesterday's podcast with, with Ketch, that this is a unique club. 
this isn't this is Newcastle United. I'm not like I suggested. I'm not talking about expectation. I'm just talking about how important it is to Newcastle United fans and yep. the result, etc. So you've got three elements there that I can't really see any manager that's been linked having. You would like, to, and I can't really see. You know, I can't see a manager who's got two of those elements, i.e., the relegation, exp- the survival experience, and the Premier League experience. So it's difficult, isn't it? Because very, very difficult. I mean, for example, when you brought Benitez up. If Benitez was here for the rest of this season, I could see him keeping Newcastle United up. But he wouldn't just come to do that job. He would come for three years or four years. And and would we move up the table quick enough with flair players under Rafa? But don't get me wrong, Rafa would be perfect from Saturday against Chelsea to the end of the season to keep us up. But then you've got to have him for the building programme after that. And I'm not saying he couldn't do it, but I'm not saying he would do it with a lot of flair. Uh, so that's why I wouldn't want to go there again. But he would be perfect to keep us up. So I'm going to push you for a name then. Or, you just, or do you just want to wait and see what happens? I do, because I do, it's a lovely game and I think it's absolutely <laughs> fabulous for fans because it, it, it is part of the lifeblood of football. Um for those that have to make the decision, it's difficult and the choice changes by every day. And for somebody like me, I find it absolutely pointless because we're, we're dealing with about five names of foreigners who, in our heart, if we are truthful, we don't know how good they are because yeah. you've got to see them day by day. You've got to see that team week by week to see how they play before you know if they're good enough or not. So we would just be having a little pop at some of these names, and they wouldn't mean an awful lot. Let's wait and see who we get in, and then look at them. How quickly, after this Chelsea game, do you want to see a decision made? I would like to think we would come out of the international break with a new manager. Um, Because you get into a serious situation with a caretaker where... And I'm not talking about Graham Jones, I'm talking about any caretaker, whereby after a little bit of a honeymoon, nice guy, fresh ideas and that, the players subconsciously think, well, he's not the real gaffer, he won't be here eventually, my future won't depend on him because he'll be gone. So the, the, the drive to get results and be the best you can disappears. You can't live too long on a caretaker. Certainly going to be an interesting few weeks. Let's finish then with the prediction, John. <laughs> um, I'm going to go. Newcastle are going to get beat. I know we don't do score lines anymore, and I'm quite grateful for that fact, but Newcastle are going to get beat on Saturday. Oh, yes. Um, we don't do score lines because it's a nonsense, here, whether it's one, two, three, four, or five. Um, but yes, the, the, I don't think there's a bigger certainty. Yes, things happen. And. Um, I've been the most surprised man in the world in my life because back in the 70s I watched one Saturday Newcastle go out of the FA Cup at Hereford against non-league part-timers. I mean, they're not part-timers now, non-league players. Gates, they're not part-timers. They were part-timers. The guy that scored the winning goal drove a taxi in London, Ricky George. So I watched Newcastle lose on a Saturday with all the huge names in the side, to Hereford. The following Saturday, they went to Manchester United, who was low best in Charlton, great, great side, taunted by the old Trafford ground, and won. So the unexpected does happen. 
but it won't happen on Saturday. I think Newcastle will lose, and it gives me no joy to say that. And I, I hope I'm wrong, but I don't expect it. And I think the vast majority of Geordies, as biased as we all are, as passionate as we all are, as much love as we have, really expect us to get anything yeah. against Chelsea. Because if we haven't, if you look at the nine games we've had and we've got nothing uh, in terms of a win out of the nine, I don't see that changing. Yeah, and the fans are just realistic, I think. Um, well, that's the end of the preview. Just a little bit warning, we are recording this on the morning of the 28th, so the past few weeks we've recorded and then something has broken, i.e. news, so that does happen again. Don't write in. Um, just enjoy the first half of this preview because it is still about the Chelsea game. Uh, head over to chroniclelive.co.uk and please remember to like and subscribe or follow the podcast as Apple now call it and leave us a review if you can.